They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new segment on Shooting the Shit with Chippa. And I call it brand new because we finally decided to name it. Whenever I have my good friend Stefan on the show, we've started this little niche um, recently of pitting films up against each other, or at least talking about films that are either similar, came out around the same time, or just, um, you know, kind of remind us of each other in one way or another, whether they're from the same genre, or uh, whether, you know, they talk about the same time period, or whatever it ends up being, just films that we like to group together and talk about them in a group. So with that, um, we put up some names on Twitter for you guys to help us come up with the name, and you picked Fighting Films. So this is the first episode with the official moniker, Fighting Films. And um, we have another one we recorded a little while later, which you'll be hearing soon, which we officially call it Fighting Films during the episode. So with that, I give you a new segment on Shooting the Shit with Chippa, Fighting Films, with my co-host, Stefan. Here we go. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. We are into September 2020 and we are still living in a nation where people refuse to put on masks and think that a bigoted fascist president is a good idea. But hey, I won't get into that because we are on escapism tonight. Before I get into my very special guests, I want to thank my $15 or more a month patrons, which is growing in numbers every day. Thank you very much. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Kraus, and Little Nikki. And my newest patrons, my cousin Molly, Kristen Anderson, Andrew Byrne, Paresh Maharaj, pronounced like Rachel Ghoul. That's how I'm always going to remember. He's awesome. He's actually an upcoming guest on one of these shows as well. Seth Edwards and Peter H. Crudler II. Thank all of you for your support, whether it's just being a guest, sharing, interacting with me, talking to me, or however you do it. Anybody that gets other people listening to my shows makes me feel great. This show, like a lot of my shows, is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And we should be deep into the... um, Uh, Wow. Geeks Who Haunt season of Geeks with Shields. I recorded an episode about The Grudge 1 and 2 that will have aired or will be about to air by the time you hear this episode. So please go over there and check that out. And with that, I introduce my guests. Um, Guys, my returning guest and um, my first time guest. Guys, introduce yourselves. Well, I'm Stefan. I'm the uh, returning guest. Uh... So glad to be back, Chris. It's always it's always a pleasure to do these, especially right now. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Scream Forever One. I follow everything that Chris does. And you've introduced me to a lot of cool other stuff too. That that found mm-hmm. footage Facebook page and uh, the Scary Sisters in in particular is fantastic oh, yeah. stuff. 
The arms yes. are there. They're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Mike, introduce yourself to the interwebs. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my Michael Magstad, um, and uh, Stefan uh, thought it would be great for me to, to be a guest on the show. So thank you, Stefan, for inviting me. And thank you, Christopher, for having me. And um, I don't know, I can be reached, let's say, at 4J7 at uh, AOL.com. I'm, I'm MigMag on most on, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. So, yeah, uh, feel free to grab me on there. And, yeah, great. Uh, thank you for having me again. Oh, dude, you're very welcome. I think you're the second person I've encountered um, in our bracket of people that, besides my brother, that still have an AOL email address. So good on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm old school. <laughs> no, that's awesome. We, we, yeah. we, I had to help my father-in-law um, install AOL on his brand new computer the other day, and I'm just rolling my eyes like, why <laughs> do you still have this? <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we all had it. I was Ultraman 20 and then uh, Chippa15 at AOL.com um, <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. That's oh, God. Um, <laughs> do either of you guys remember there was an AOL-based video game site called The Antagonist? Do you remember when AOL had their own sites that you could only access through them? I remember the sites, but I never, I was never much into AOL as a kid. Oh, okay. I just, I always remember The Antagonist, and like, I think back, like, I spent so much time <laughs> on that page. Mm-hmm. Like, it's where I got all my video game reviews, and God, it, it was still around through the um, start of PS2. So that was, oh, wow. yeah, because I remember one of the last, um, one of the last reviews I saw on it was, uh, oh, what was that game? It was like a Resident Evil kind of game, but you were a ninja or a shogun. What was that? There were um, two of them. It wasn't Tenchu. It was, um, and it wasn't the big, like, Kessin-like style, you know, fighting game. It, and, and I... There were two of them, and they were fantastic. It's not. I, uh, I think it began with an S, and and I can't the remember. The suffering. No, no, no. Um. And will it'll come back to me later. Okay. But, uh, there was, was a like, bloody disgusting article recently that was like twenty five underrated horror games on the on PlayStation. So might be on that list. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's yeah. it's crazy because I I loved that game. And it wasn't Shinobi because Shinobi was a Sega game. Um, see, now I got it in my head and I need to find it. It's not Tenchu. Um, it was made by the people that made our Resident Evil. I know that. But uh, you know what? It, it'll either come to me or someone else will tell me and then we'll be we'll be OK right. with it. But, but so, you know, you know what it's going to be, you know, what it's going to be like um, I, I, there was a gif recently I saw where it's like, if you ever want to feel like a ghost, listen to a podcast where the the hosts like, you know, don't know a piece of information and you try shouting it at them, the right answer. And the end of the game. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. It's not, it's not like what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's not coming up through e- easy searches. So this just cracks me no. up. You idiots. It's bloody, bloody, blah. But, uh, but I'll, I, you know what? I, I like, I like my stuff cause they happen in real time. So I leave shit like that in and I don't care. Um, anyway, so today, as you guys have become accustomed with for the last few times, Stefan has been a guest on shooting the shit as opposed to when he's a guest on Talkbuster. We've been talking about like films that came out close to each other films that kind of either fulfilled the same genre or were strangely exactly the same film like deep impact and armageddon even though they were handled and um executed differently uh-huh. and 
we um we also had which you'll hear before this one we did 1917 and uh saving private ryan which are both friggin phenomenal films and worth you seeing both of them if you never had and today we are going into the um i won't say so bad they're good because i still think all three of these movies are actually better than none of these are like sharknado level bad um (laughs) but but they're definitely in that genre they're definitely in that vein of they're more interested in being fun and awesome and ridiculous than they are in being Mm -hmm. realistic or well made but these existed in a time where films like that would actually get big theatrical releases and they'd give someone like a hundred million dollars to make them (laughs) i love the nine that's why i love the 90s which doesn't happen anymore so so those those three films are anaconda which is a blast with Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez and a couple of other, um, I mean, John Voight, we'll go into that when you guys saw Lake Placid, which has Betty White in one of her funniest um, film roles ever. Yes. Um, and Deep Blue Sea, which is just an absolute plethora of insanity and, and fun stuff. And, and so we, the- we, you got to drop this in at some place. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. My head is like a shark's fin. Oh, yeah. A little freaking cool J. Again, having so much fun, it's not even funny. A little cool J that that for some reason has to also be an ultra religious character because, you know, stereotypes are real. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, 1999 was Lake Placid and Deep Blue Sea. In 1997, the year of Armageddon and Deep Impact was Mm -hmm. Anaconda. Uh, Actually, that was 98 was when those movies came out. No okay. shit, man. Yep. I'm I'm just tired. Well, mm-hmm. either way, so these are all around the same time period is what we're getting at. And mm-hmm. uh, we said that um um Mike was going to start right, and Mike, uh, um, discuss your film, good sir. Yeah. So I mean, movie that I watched for this podcast was uh, Lake Placid. It's um I you know I, I just I I like it a lot. Um, for that I like. I like your movie a lot too. I'm not a huge fan of Anaconda, but uh, yeah, no, this is, um, you know, it's got some, uh, you know, great stars. And I mean, I, I like Bridget Fonda, of course, uh, Betty White is, uh, is great for, she's like, I'm, I'm a huge Golden Girls fan. So, you know, anything she's in, you know, a hard rain, uh, this, you know, she's been lots of things, but uh, yeah. So when I saw that she was in this, I had to see it because, uh, Golden Girls had ended a few years before that the movie was made, and I just was like, anything with Betty White. So, um, and it ended up being a good movie, you know. So yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, it's about this giant, uh, you know, alligator in Maine, and well, crocodile actually, and it was, uh, it was, you know, I'm always a fan of those types of things. Obviously, that idea of of having, you know, the biggest ever you know, started way back, what, with Jaws, you know, where they came yep. up with these movies mm-hmm. where they just had to, you know, go a little bit bigger than actual. And, and it's just, you know, I've always liked those types of movies. So, um, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, a movie that I, I've I've liked ever since it came out. And, um, you know, it's a movie I, I kind of watch it probably pretty much every year. So, yeah, great, great movie. And uh, I don't know, well, I... Yes, yeah, I, I, of the three, it's, it was my, as soon as I heard, I, although I loved it, like I said, I love Deep Blue Sea also, so that was a great movie, and, you know, like quite a bit different than this one, you know, this one had some funny moments, and at Deep Blue Sea didn't really have as many funny moments, so, um, yeah, that's another reason I like this, it's kind of a lighter side movie, um, so, yeah, good movie. Mike, do you, know do you uh, oh, go oh, ahead, Stephanie, sorry. Do you remember, do you remember Mike, uh, when did you first see it? Um... 
I I trying to remember if I I actually don't remember if I saw this one in the theater or if I waited till you know I had you know the everything package cable at the time. So I probably if I didn't see it in the theater, I definitely saw it, you know, within six months of it coming out. And uh, you know, I just remember, you know, uh, you know, oh that sounds interesting. And yeah, it was it was a great uh, uh yeah, I saw it pretty close. I, I guess I can't remember if I saw it in the theater because again, it's been twenty, twenty-one years, <laughs> so it's been, it's been a while. But uh, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a movie that I definitely, as soon as I heard about it, I wanted to see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you- I, uh, um, sorry, Chris. No, go was? ahead. No, go okay. ahead. You, you're finishing a thought. I just, I, I'm, I'm realizing something about this movie I never knew after okay. reading something. So go no ahead. <laughs> yeah. I saw it um, in theaters with my mom. It was probably probably one of the first R-rated movies I saw in theaters. I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that age, it's like when you're just, when you can do that, it's like that thrill. It, it, it just, it, it's, it's like a thrill, you know, of like seeing an R-rated movie, you know, like, like that, you know, extreme violence or, you know, extreme content just blown up in front of you like that on the big screen when you're that age you just get that thrill i still get that thrill when i see any nc-17 rated movie period in any yep. capacity you still feel that you thrill yeah. yeah and again uh, yeah. The, the, the fun the fun thing with a movie like lake placid it falls into that genre of things that are r-rated so of course they're you shouldn't be seeing them like it's that extreme thing when you're a 13 year old a 12 year old but there's nothing <sighs> And again, one could argue there's language, you know, and stuff that a little kid might not need to be hearing. But there's nothing altogether wholly scarring about what happens in this film. Like, it, oh, no. it's 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 scary enough and it's violent enough and it certainly deserves to be rated R. But it's it, it it's benign. You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. that I, I, you know, whereas some movies, you know, there's the subject matter requires an R, even if they're not violent enough. This one, of course, you know, people's heads are getting bitten off and, you know, people are getting eaten and stuff's happening. So it kind of needs to be. But um, I, I also loved, you know, kind of like the end of an era for a lot of actors. Like it was great that Bill Pullman was still showing up and stuff around this time with mm-hmm. this, you know, he was a main character and then he showed up in the grudge for that one little seat. That we didn't really hear from him much, but he was huge in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm reading, I'm reading here. I don't know if you guys knew this. I think one of the reasons why the horror comedy element, which they didn't build this movie as a horror comedy, they build this movie as a straight horror movie, and the horror is definitely still straight horror. But the right. characters, mm-hmm. the characters were written so damn funny. And mm-hmm. I realized the reason for that is because David E. Kelly wrote this. David E. Kelly is the writer of L.A. Law, Doogie Howser, um, <laughs> Chicago Hope, Ali McBeal, um, Boston Legal, and The Practice. Mm-hmm. Like, and then this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just completely bonkers, right? The like, yeah. You see, you wanted to write a movie about a big crocodile. Like, it it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know. And but I'm glad you, he did you it. You mentioned, you know how funny it is i remember there was a post like the the like yeah the characters in that movie are just so cool like on imdb uh back what you know the imdb imdb message boards rip years ago yeah. there was a post where this someone was like i just want to hang out with the characters in this movie 
was what it said. Everyone just seems so cool. And you know, you mentioned like people that don't, you know, aren't in a lot anymore. Oliver Platt. Yeah, and Oliver Platt had won like an Academy Award a couple of years before this movie. He came was like out. the token supporting character in the '90s. It seemed he was yep. like everywhere, and then now, and he was on. Wasn't he on like some like like not Law and Order, but something like that recently? He did yeah. a show like that. Yep. And, and Bridget Fonda, Bridget Fonda, of course, has retired and is living off of uh, Danny Elfman's royalties. She'll never yep. have to work ever. And with the Simpsons royalties alone, are you kidding me? <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and lucky, then we <laughs> and then we get, you know, Brendan Gleason, who anytime Brendan Gleason shows up in a movie like this, I always ask myself, I, I love that he does it because he just he's all over the place. He shows up in everything. Yeah. Brendan mm-hmm. Gleason is a better actor than most of the movies he's in deserve. Like, yes, I, I watched um, a- AI for another podcast that's coming out mm-hmm. soon the other day, and I adore that friggin movie. Um, I saw that movie for the first time when I was in Duluth. It's, it's a, parents, it, I've never it's, seen that movie. It's a bastard of a movie. It's mean. But Brendan Gleason was so unbelievable in the little bit he's in in that movie mm-hmm. where I'm just like, and, yeah. you know, watching that in 2001, you're like, oh, this is a fantasy. No one in America is really that awful. And then you watch the movie now and you go, oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're and they're in the white and they're in the White House. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Um, but but yeah, no, another thing. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Lake Placid was also directed by Steve Miner. Uh-huh. And, and, St- and Steve Miner is a bit of a um, journeyman director. He, uh, you know, he's never like he, he actually all three of these movies were directed by kind of journeyman directors who had um, interesting careers. But Steve Miner was known in 80s horror as like a big deal. Mm-hmm. So Steve Miner Friday the 13th, right? He did, or one he, something like that. He did Friday the 13th part two. He did Warlock. Mm-hmm. He did um House. Those mm-hmm. movies were awesome. And he did Halloween H2O a year before Lake Placid, which is right. better than it has any right being. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh-huh. And you know, as as I love, I love the, you know, um I love the the new Halloween. And Mike, we saw that in theaters, right? The new Halloween in twenty eighteen. Oh, we did. So yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love that movie, but yeah, H2O and just had a, you know, throughout the continuity of that. I mean, I guess it was a little convoluted, but you know. No, yeah. I loved I loved seeing a Halloween movie as a late nineties um slasher. Yeah. Slasher movie. A, a post scream slasher. Right. right because yeah. all of all of the other Halloweens, even the ones they were making in the nineties, were kind of stuck in in the John Carpenter land 80s thing yeah. that they were doing. Yeah. And the H2O kind of went, what if we set this in like the Scream I Know What You Did Last Summer universe? Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that about it because it made it feel, I wouldn't say trendy, it just put it in a place in time. But then that that new Halloween is just timeless. That new yeah. one they made is is yeah. just the epitome of how to make a perfect horror movie, in my opinion. Speaking, speaking of I Know What You Did Last Summer, when I do anaconda we're gonna we're gonna get to there's a reference in that nice <laughs> I, I will say though stick I'm a pin really, in that stick a pin in that yeah yes i am really surprised that steve miner's career did not end after being involved in the debacle that was soul man did any of you guys ever i have of this i have i have ne- with eddie murphy right no oh no soul Which man one? is Soul Man is C. Thomas Howell, a white guy who puts mm. on blackface to get into college. Oh, yes. yeah, I've heard oh, of that. God. I've heard of that. that okay, for years, 
for years i thought them i thought that was the movie white men can't jump i thought that was that movie i am not kidding and i finally i saw that movie like a few years ago on demand for free i'm like okay this is not the very different not not this is not what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen clips of that movie on like I'm like holy crap! This how did this ever? How did this ever happen? That's a re- that's how did this get made? If that's not an episode, yes. it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what? Are, what? Are, um, what was going to say, Stefan? What are your? You said you saw Lake Placid with your mom. What? What's more of the thoughts you have on it? Because it, it really is a blast of a little movie. Yeah, I mean, I just I I really like it. You know, for. For, for another example of a movie, it's it's really sh- it's like eighty two minutes. It's, it's super, super short. short, yeah, super short. But it doesn't feel that short. Like it 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 doesn't drag, but it just has like a pretty decent story when you mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. something that reminds me of of similar things, and it, they're going to come up because people will ask of them. Have either of you seen the movie Rogue? Yes. Uh, in 2007, no, I have not. I have, uh, and not for a lack of trying. What was the other? And, and th- there was a movie out around the uh, was it Primal Primeval about yep, a crocodile? Yep, yeah, yep. There's so yeah. Rogue, Rogue Primeval was another one, and they're actually both pr- Ro- Rogue is strange because Rogue, Rogue is like if Lake Placid wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Know. And I yeah, don't mean that as a detractor yeah. for it. I just no. mean rogue rogue sinks or swims on whether or not you believe the seriousness of it, because rogue is a nasty fucking movie and it's gator effects are really good. Rogue was actually done by a uh, Greg McLean who did, um, Wolf Creek. Creek. Yes. And, speaking um, of, speaking of nasty movies. Yeah. Oh nasty, yeah. Nasty, just like misogynistic. Yeah, Almost. and that's that, yeah. And, no, no, it is, and that's why mm-hmm. I was worried about Rogue. And Rogue definitely oversteps some of the. I I can't like Wolf Creek is. I mean, he definitely understands how to make a horror movie, but Wolf mm-hmm. Creek is just too much for me. But um, have you guys seen Crawl? Is, yes. Yeah. Is that also? Did we see that together? We we saw that in theaters. Yeah, we yes. did. I, during, I just, during a rainstorm, funny enough. Oh, no, no shit. I yeah. just love, I, I love this genre. I love big alligator and crocodile movies. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I think Lake Placid still sits at the top of the heap for yes. me, for me, because it has the balls to be funny about it. Yes. And, and the rest of them didn't do that. They're all too self-serious. Mm-hmm. And crawl. Crawl, I think, is the opposite of Lake Placid in the sense that it needed to be a little bit longer. It I did. Thought. It there, did. But- when you're doing character exposition during the chase scenes, you need more time. And just that ending, I thought, was too abrupt. I agree. Too crawl abrupt. is crawl yeah. though. Crawl though, I I'm pretty sure is the best film that director has made, and he's been trying his ass off. So what else I did get he direct again. I so forgot. so he made High Tension. Which I which, li- I, I like which, that movie. Which I, I feel I I know I agree. I feel high tension loses me when it decides to fight club its ending. That's my yeah. problem with high tension because yeah, it doesn't yeah, earn. It. I agree because it doesn't earn it. Other than that, I thought high tension was awesome. Yeah, um, he did um, the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, which I really really dislike. I really like. Oh, yeah. Dislike. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about it because I think it's a. I think the horror and the updates they do are all great. I uh-huh. couldn't. I couldn't handle the characters. I I thought yeah, like the original yeah. Hills Have Eyes, they make you like the people 
And in this movie, I hated all of them. So I'm just like, it's, it's the hostile problem for me where I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if any of you die, you know, the original, the original Hills have eyes. I thought was a little like, um, I mean, it it definitely shows its age. Oh, oh yeah. It shows its age. It's like the original last house on the left. Um, yeah, I mean that, yeah, I mean, even, I mean the remake and the remake is still pretty good. I really like the remake of last house on the left. Jesse wants to watch the remake pretty soon so we probably will do that anyways sorry um, sorry to detract um he also no, did he also uh, did the two piranha remakes which were a lot of fun oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but those, i feel those are fun fun I, I feel yeah. they're much more like like placid i feel crawl yeah. was a really good return to form of <laughs> i'm just gonna make a nasty little movie you know crawl yeah. felt a lot like high tension to me you know <laughs> yeah anyway all right so um uh, Mike, do you have do you have more thoughts on Lake Placid before we let uh, Stefan go? Um, no, I just recommend everyone watch it because it's like you said, it's it's a much better and deeper movie than any other alligator crocodile movie you're gonna find. So and, it's funny, it's yeah, it's cute. There's a little bit of a love story in there. Yep. you know, there's a few things going on, and mm-hmm. they do they do this great job of you know in '99 I was. 15 16 years old and in 99 i was you know all about digital effects you know you got to see some cool digital effects. and i gotta say even though lake placid i think has one scene with full digital effects the rest are really good puppet work on on mm-hmm. some that you know i think i've watched it you know about a week ago and it still really holds up the cg on the crocs when when all hell breaks loose there at the end and like you find out there's a second crocodile after they blow one of them up and i'm like oh this is really cool and it really still holds up because they used it so sparingly you know yeah Mm -hmm. yes that's a fatal mistake lots of them make (laughs) and they didn't make that mistake a fatal mistake all of the sci-fi channel ones make yeah (laughs) i I will say i will say the lake placid 2 is not completely terrible no lake placid 2 was a blasting you know david e kelly also wrote it Mm, (laughs) i don't know how they got him to do the sequel but he did yeah Oh wow! <laughs> All right, let's hear about Anaconda because this okay. was this was a few well, years prior, and I was a lot younger. Let me close it out with, "You're welcome, Officer Fuckmeat." <laughs> <laughs> or, or sorry, Officer, if I had a dick, this is about the time I tell you to start sucking it. Oh Betty my White. god, I know. Betty White is like national treasure when she. When she dies, I will need at least one day off of work. That is a promise. <laughs> the I, world I will mourn. I think I the world think will mourn. Yeah. For the love of God, could we get through 2020 without? <laughs> yeah. Please, exactly. please, 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 please. You motherfuckers! <laughs> you motherfuckers! Silently took Chadwick Boseman. Please leave Betty White. I know, please. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. That was uh, such that. That just I, I still can't believe that it's fucking that. devastating. There's no there's no way there's no way around it. It's Especially right like, now. Right now. It's, it's like, like what the hell? You know, yeah. <laughs> well, how you know, much of a metaphor is that? Jesus I know. Christ. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. Um, back to stupid giant animal movies. <laughs> So, okay, uh, uh, Anaconda, I did not see this movie in theaters. I, we rented it 
pretty much when it came like right out on VHS. It was uh, it was October of ninety seven when it came out. Mm-hmm. I rented it and uh, like instantly just loved it. And I remember for some reason October ninety seven had a lot of big like movie releases. It did. Chris, you remember those like those like um Blockbuster maybe didn't carry those like not not the the magazines that like only the employees would read, but the ones they would give out to customers. Yep. Video Vision had like the best kind of magazines where they were Mike, Mike are you okay? I hear like yeah, rustling. Sorry. Oh okay. my god. Yeah, yep. my my mic just keeled over. Oh no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um but anyways, yeah, so it um uh they were like thicker, kind of more like like professional yep. magazines. I felt like, yeah. And the October one, it was like orange, and orange is my favorite color. It was like orange and probably black. Hey, dude, orange Halloween. is my and favorite they... color too. I'm not even fucking around. For sure, for sure, yeah. like 100 percent always has been. Cool. It's a great color. You're also. I also told you you're uh, you're born the day before my sister, or the day yeah. after February 26, right? Yep. Yep. Day after my sister, 84. Um. And uh, yeah, anyways, so I remember that it was like Austin Powers came out that month. Uh, Batman and Robin, which I I will I kind of will defend that movie as we've talked about. Oh, I'll defend um, Batman and Robin till the end of time. It's not yeah. good, but I'll love it and I'll watch it anytime it's on and I own it. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Speaking of, so when we talked about Joel Schumacher after he yes. died, uh, oh, Chris, I don't mean to, I don't mean to go off subject, but I saw when I was in Duluth a few days ago. I'd never seen this movie Eight Millimeter. Oh my God! What did you that think of it? Good, that eight is millim- a good movie. Eight millimeter fucks with some people. Really? I I I loved eight millimeter. It's no, no, I, really underrated. No, I I think I think for some people eight millimeter works too well. I think it's a little too visceral for a lot of people because oh, I I think that yeah. was some people's first exposure to the existence of the concept of snuff films, right. and I think people just couldn't handle it. Like yeah. I love the the Joel Schumacher has like three settings. Joel Schumacher does like fun, lighthearted romps. Joel Schumacher does completely over the top and flamboyant, ridiculous things like Batman and Robin. And then he also does the hardest hitting fucking horrific drama, nasty right. things. He, he's just so all over the place and it's awesome. <laughs> Did you ever watch True Blood? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people, I, I told my roommate, I'm like, you will not look at Andy Belfler the same way again. No, that was some <laughs> fucked up shit. You will not. I'm like, oh my god, you! Like, what the hell? And and like, Norman Reedus was in it for like five seconds. I didn't recognize him. Oh, Norman I'm Reedus. Like, oh, you're in that. Okay, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Walking Dead ending. Did you hear? I did. Thank God. I'm finally. genuinely shocked. And we can, you know, the Carol and Daryl spinoff. Which, like, yes, please. Yeah, they needed as 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 great as all of that is. They needed to end that a while ago. It's, my it's, opinion, yeah, it's, time. it's time. You know, better things. Um, anyway, so yeah, Anaconda. Back to Anaconda. I love. Um, uh, I just instantly loved it, and so I got it on VHS that year for Christmas. Do you remember the VHS cover to this movie? I do. I own it. Yeah, where it had like the the scale, and I love. Okay, side note on that movie it had the best trailers before the movie yeah so many it was like mask of zorro which i know what you i know what you did last summer oh i know what you did last summer i love that movie (laughs) yeah it's 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 definitely 
it, it it's not a good adaptation of the book. If you no, the book. no, 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 no. You can see why, you know, the like Lois Duncan, I think sued or tried to, or something like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, the podcast where the people and edit this out, Chris, please. But the one with the, they, who shall not be named just yeah. reviewed. I know, I know what you did last summer and I almost, almost listened to it. I wanted to so bad, but I had to hold back <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was like those movies, um, Starship Troopers, The Fifth Element was like just great, great trailers. And, you know, um, sometimes I love the trailers more than the movie. Like when you see a movie in theaters, it's just fun. Yep. It's like, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. and that was the only place you could see them before. And now it's like, you see them right when they premiere online. Yeah. Like, do you remember when one reason why the water boy made so much money was because the trailer for Phantom Menace I remember and, I, yeah, and people like walked out after that. Here's, here's a funny thing. I had mm. zero interest in seeing gangs of New York, even though the movie is beautifully made. I had no interest in seeing it cause it just didn't look good. And I, and I didn't end up liking the movie, but I sat through the whole yeah. thing. I went and saw it to see the trailer for kill bill. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, I will say gangs of New York. Um, Cameron Diaz really brought that movie down. She that is that is true. Yeah, I, I, I think actually it's a similar comparison is Heather Graham and From Hell. This is true. Um, yeah, I I actually feel, and this is no slight against DiCaprio for where he's become. I think Scorsese saw something in him long before we all did, and I think the the pushing him so hard in that movie. As a he he had him as heroes and playing like adults in movies long before I think he had hit mm. his stride, um, and it's a bummer because Scorsese really saw something in the guy and pushed him on us hard, and I don't think it really fleshed itself out until um, uh, Shutter Island is where I finally went oh shit like mm-hmm. I get I get it like I had gotten that he was a good actor from all the way back in Titanic because I think he's actually very good in that even though he seems some people think he's miscast. I I think he was awesome, but it was the Scorsese, you know, Scorsese did him in the, uh, in the, the, um, the movie about, uh, Howard Hughes there, the aviator. And it's like, he was so good in it, but he didn't look right. And so it took me out of the damn movie. I'm like, he looks too fucking young to be playing this guy. Well, he was Even chasing. Though... He was chasing the Oscar for so long. Yeah, and oh, it's yeah. a bummer. And so you know that really affected Gangs of New York for me. Even though I I think the movie is brilliantly made. You know, yeah. um, it's just. But I was like so happy that I saw the Kill Bill trailer that I could didn't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I I saw. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, saw, I yeah I did see Gangs of New York in theaters, and I yeah I guess I remember the Kill Bill trailer being on it um but yeah so so yeah anaconda has been basically a um uh yeah it's another kind of institution in my family um was was the first time i was introduced to jennifer lopez and john voight yes both of them and, you know, I, I think I saw Jennifer Lopez and Jack, actually, which that's another movie I will defend to the death. Cool. I think that movie, it's so, um, it, it's an example of, like, an okay script that perhaps got too much, like, star power attached to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that movie had everybody in it. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it and it, it's, it's not, it's not a bad movie at all. It's just like mediocre for someone like Francis Ford Coppola and Robin Williams. Well, to I mean, attached to it, Francis perhaps. Ford Coppola, Robin Williams, isn't Bill Cosby in that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> things just like, yeah. Huge. And I think Coppola said that he only did that movie because he wanted to work with Robin Williams. Yeah, that's so. Robin Williams had a very strange. We we can do a show all about Robin Williams if you want sometime. But he had a weird thing going on where he was taking on roles that weren't funny, and they were in funny yep. films. But he took on a very emotional center role. Like even in Hook, he's not funny in Hook. He plays an he plays a dickheaded human, like adult version of Peter Pan while wow. everyone else in the movie around him is funny. And I love that about the movie, but oh, even, yeah. even in um, Jumanji, you, you know, we think of Robin Williams as this big, funny guy and Jumanji. He plays the straight man in that movie. It's mm-hmm. so weird mm. and he's great at it. But I think people forget that they were hiring Williams to do, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire every time. And he was right. already at Bill Murray at yeah. the end of his career level, mm-hmm. you know, where he was at. Like, he, he was like, no, I want an Oscar. Like, I'm going to freaking act the shit out of this damn thing. Yeah. And and Jack, I think, suffered from that, not in the quality of the film, but in the um, audience's uh, view of it, I think, is is one right. of what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think it's... Uh, it's maybe maybe not a great movie, but it's definitely better than oh, it's people, better for. than people give it credit for. Yes, for sure. Yes, um, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez, you know, introduced me to her. I'd never seen Selena until when I came back from the Netherlands on my plane, uh, along with um, uh, Shazam. When I told you I watched that, that's the other one. Yeah. Yep. Selena, um, that we that's that was Steffi for Diva Daily's her first episode. Oh, cool! And it was like such serendipitous timing. I'm like, okay, this is great. I'll watch this, <laughs> and um, yeah, so that, and then John. Okay, so John Voight, and you know, I I don't like him anymore for what he's become. Oh, he's a piece of shit. That. But yeah, he's he wonderful is. in this. Yes, <laughs> and I did not realize he was like an acclaimed actor. I'm like, oh, he's not like a character actor. Yeah, interesting. You know, because he's like, he chews the fucking scenery in this movie. He so has so much fun. He's oh, actually yeah. he's my favorite part of this movie. I also like that, like for a short period of time, because Ice Cube quickly went from doing because he was doing like the Friday films, and yeah. he quickly went from those to this. And then to like Eddie Murphy's middle career where he's like, I'm just going to do freaking movies for family films. And I loved, I loved seeing ice cube as like the trying to be the straight man in the middle of all of this. Cause he, he's actually quite good at it. I mean, right around this same time he was in three Kings and you're like, holy shit, Ice Cube can act the shit out of a movie. Like, he right. was great in that. And then you're mm-hmm. like, no, no, he is just having so... He's the reactionary character in this. Yeah. But he's having so much fun doing it. And yeah. Andy, Andy and he gets to be kind of a badass, which was also yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> just snakes are dead as big. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cut, cut that big. out if that's offensive. Cut that out. Cut that. No, out. no, no. That's yeah. straight out. What do you? Snakes out dead is big. It's big. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's perfect, man. You yeah. Can't... The 
the one thing I didn't like about Anaconda was that they didn't offer an explanation for like why they got so big or, you know, the, um, you know, like, like it was like a mutation or anything like that. Well, what's funny is I think since the film Anaconda, they've found Anacondas as big as the one in the film. Right, but they don't eat whole people. They made small children, not right. Full. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah the, the yeah. Snake and then they, eating... they don't like move, they don't move that fast. I know right. they don't. I will say I don't know if you knew this the the snake for the majority of the film um, they had a really really good animatronic. Now when it's when it's interacting with people, it's CG because the animatronic <laughs> just can't move fast enough. But the one that actually crawls and slithers across the ground, the HBO used to have this like making of show on. That my parents would record for me and this and Armageddon and, um, you know, saving private Ryan, they all had like really good episodes on those. And it was cool. The way it worked was they actually, they had a remote control that was just a, a, a toggle with a, with like a a handle that you moved in a circle, like churning butter. And if you moved it in one way, it made the snake slither forward. And if you moved it the other way, it made the Mm. snake slither back and they could use it to like actually chase people around the set. And it looked really authentic. And again, I love, we talk about with Lake Placid, the mix of CG and practical, they did a really good job in this movie because this isn't a very expensive movie. No, but no, it's, I will say for its faults, it is a beautifully shot movie. It really is. There is is one gorgeous. There is one thing that will go down in history, and I caught it in here when I saw it. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. But does Mike know it? I I don't. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. Okay. So, So, obviously, you know, films have to do things to cut corners. They go over budget. They need filler shots. All movies do stuff like this. This one in the theater I called out in exasperated laughter to my brother. The waterfall's moving fast. Oh, my God. That fucking water. Uh, Yeah. Yes, I knew it. Yes, I I knew that. There's a beautiful set because most of the movie is actually shot on the actual Amazon. There's Mm -hmm. or or similar areas. There's a beautiful set with this waterfall and the scene where they enter on their barge that they're riding down the river on to this waterfall set piece. It's a beautiful shot and they reuse it for them leaving and just ran it in reverse. And I'm like, really, guys? (laughs) On on the How Did This Get Made episode they ripped on that they were like well they're they're in the southern hemisphere so doesn't it go when water goes in reverse <laughs> <laughs> it was great um and you know at the same time yeah i noticed that okay i noticed that when i was you know 10 years old seeing that you know this this kid on the spectrum who a lot of times doesn't notice details i noticed that back then i did so i I'm, i assume it's really noticeable and when people didn't pick up on them like how the hell did you not notice that you know, it was one of the first um, that's things when, when YouTube came out. It was one of the oh first like, searches it's, I ever did that said backwards waterfall in Anaconda. And it was one of the first things that was like, yeah. everyone's like, look, it's the backwards waterfall in Anaconda. <laughs> it's pretty awful. And then meanwhile, another detail, I didn't notice this until a couple years ago, as many times as I've seen this movie. At the very beginning, before the snake attacks uh, Danny Trejo's boat, when you ah, first see it from the Anaconda's pers- pers- perspective, and I didn't recognize that was him till years later. I didn't recognize that was him. The um uh the where 
where like the, you see the anaconda has like regurgitated yep. mm-hmm. his partner, and it's just kind of their blend of the trees. I never noticed that until I maybe such... maybe just because maybe because I'm so used to watching the VHS, so the resolution isn't as good. But I never noticed that. It's such a cool aside. A, a cool yeah. different. A cool difference between this film and Lake Placid is this film takes itself very seriously. The, the, this film has funny characters. I love that when John Voight is regurgitated later in the film, which is a cool Wink. payoff. Yeah. He winks. I love I that. I <laughs> yeah. love that shit. Um, but uh, I, it, it's a very different thing between Lake Placid and this because Lake Placid kind of lets the audience know that it's okay to be scared by it and laugh at it. And Anaconda kind of wants you to believe that this shit is scary. And Anaconda earns a lot of it. Like this scared the shit out of me at 13 years old. Like I, I, it's, it's, it's Iggy. It's like, no, this isn't good. Like, I don't like any of this. But, and the, um, uh, when you mentioned, you know, scary, I think, uh, Cerrone, was yeah. John Wood's character Cerrone. And by the way, on how did this get made also, they spend like half the episode trying to like figure out his accent, you know, which as a, as yep. a kid, I'm like, what the hell kind of accent is that? And ex- explicitly said he's from Paraguay. They say that explicitly. Oh. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, yeah, I was, I'm like, what, what kind of accent is that? I'm, I'm, I asked my mom, she's like, I don't know, like Dutch. She had no I, idea. Another, um, another funny thing, because a movie, did any of you remember without looking that Owen Wilson was in this? Yes. Yeah. See, I had completely forgotten until I looked at until I watched it and then looked at it right now. And it's funny, Owen Wilson for like a five-year period was in every single horror movie. He was mm-hmm. in this, he was in the haunting. There were like the three haunting. or four. Yeah. It's like, why was everyone trying to put Owen Wilson in horror movies? <laughs> like it's yeah, just, yeah. And it was in Armageddon too. Armageddon. Yeah. He was actually um, a lot of fun in Armageddon. I yeah. Give him credit for that. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and so, you know, when you talk about it being scary, you know, Cerrone was almost just as big of a villain as the snake. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I like you know, that the one, approach of the snake in this one, it, 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 I like is they kind of do what they did in Jurassic park. It's like the snake is kind of just doing what a snake does. Yeah. You know, Right. It's it's really this guy you ran into that has some sort of weird, like grudge to freaking take out that's getting you into all this trouble. Yes, yeah. and I love one of my favorite lines in the movie is so like after um the the guide uh, Mateo was his name after he like gets eaten when they find the abandoned ship, yep, the, right. the boat, and they don't, and he doesn't come back, and Saron's like, don't worry, I didn't eat the captain. And then later that night, like, and then later that night, um, when Owen will, when Owen Wilson and his girlfriend are there and she's like, I'm not so sure he didn't eat the captain. Yeah. I yeah. love that line. I love that. I, line. I also love that this movie does a really good, again, it, I'm going to mention it in, in reaction to other films that it is nowhere near as good as, but it does some cool jaws stuff. And then mm-hmm. it gives you other things to be afraid of than just the snake. Like that talk about the things that swim up your urethra and get stuck in your dick. Oh, and, and by is, the way, by the way, that's never been, that's kind of been, that's never been confirmed to have actually right, happened to people. Right. Of yeah. course. But it's still, just adds, I would not, I would not pee in the Amazon. I wouldn't take that risk. It adds that. <laughs> and cool. also the trach scene at 13. Oh, I never, oh I my God. Never oh heard. my God. Yes. I had never heard of a tracheotomy before. And I'm really shocked that that made it into a PG-13. 
it, I'm shocked. It's on, and again, the movie, there's some shit with the snakes that's pretty goddamn scary, but that trach is terrifying. That like, is, yeah. yes. It's it's just such a cool addition. And again, is this movie a great movie? No friggin' way. Is this movie an inventive movie? Absolutely. Like they yes. weren't they were trying their butts off to make something entertaining and different. It it doesn't, you know, it, it, there there's obviously quality in the production of this thing, mm-hmm. despite the backwards waterfall, which right. I, I still can't <laughs> believe that's fucking there. I yeah, have made no, independent I like I will say, I will say, okay, you know, I love this film. Um, Roger Ebert, he gave Anaconda three and a half stars. Yes, he did. And Lake Placid one and a half. And I oh, almost think God. those should be reversed. I, 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 think, I, I think Anaconda should be like two and a half stars. In my for the, the waterfall scene alone was like one star off. I think I think I think all three of these movies are two and a half to three star movies. If you yeah. gauge if you gauge Roger Ebert's normal scale, I don't know where he, what was happening to him with Lake Placid, but I this was during a time in my life where I actually would check Roger Ebert's star review before I went <laughs> to see movies. I wouldn't yeah. read his review because I don't like being swayed, but I, I'd like to go into a movie thinking, okay, because he. He had a way of accepting the fact sometimes that a movie is okay to just be fun. And he didn't sometimes do not, which for Lake Placid, he did not. And yeah. Anaconda, it's like, I don't get, like, I don't think they're very different movies. And yet, like how, one, yeah. how did this guy give Spawn three and a half stars and Lake Placid one and a half? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, but I, but I agree. Like he gave the original mummy three stars and I agree that that's worthy of a three-star movie. That movie's a blast. Do you and know what he gave, gave the, the, the third mummy three and called it the best one in the series? I'm like, uh, no, and it's, and it's no. a piece of friggin' trash. It's so boring. I mean, if nothing else, Rachel Vice not being there, like Maria Bello, love you, but you're no Rachel Vice in that role. Sorry. So I wanted to hear, you know, obviously th- this is not the intention of this isn't to sway or be a disagreement show, but um, I'd like to hear why, uh, why our guest doesn't like this film. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I was swayed by, um, I don't know, by, you know, the back then when it came out, I remember so many people, friends, family, neighbors, all said it was awful and it was, and it, they didn't care for it. And so I think I was, I let myself be swayed. And so I've always had a negative opinion of it because I let other people's uh, opinion of it, uh, you know, in, impact me. To be honest, I love anacondas. You know, I lived in South America for my college years. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. So it was, um, uh, you know, I was kind of looking forward to the movie. And, uh, you know, I am, yeah, a little disappointed with the, um, you know, with the, uh, what do you want to say? You know, anyway, the, it wasn't a very good uh, depiction of a, of a snake. Like, 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 no, the, he was saying earlier, you know, the, the snakes don't, the bigger they are, the slower they are. And so that was a little iffy that part, but, um, well, but and yeah, they, and they things, like, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Well, and, and in movies, they do this all the time with how quickly, you know, and, and again, how do they, I don't mean to plug how did this get made all the time, but right. they mention like how in movies, like how much these animals are able to eat. Like a shark, like the, the biggest, the biggest offender for me was that movie, The Shallows with Blake yeah. Lively. This and, one and shark I, and is I love, killing like I six love that people, movie. six it's... people in a week. Is the shark like bulimic? Like what's no, no offense to anybody with eating disorders. I mean, it's like really, and like Anaconda, it regurgitates immediately and is like hungry right away. No, would yeah. not happen. Would no, not it is happen. 100%. And um, that's, 
that's the biggest, you know, the, the shallows falls into the same ballpark as a movie like this, where they, they wanted to make something entertaining before they wanted it to be plausible. Right. But I, but like bringing up the trach scene in this and other things they added that were inventive. I love how inventive the shallows was in creating a scenario that you wouldn't think you'd be getting yourself into. Like, you know, everybody that thinks they get to the beach and there's a shark, it's like, well, if I can just get to the shore, I'm okay. But she's on a place where she's safe, but the ocean is slowly trying to feed her to the thing. And I loved that about it. That is such an impending doom scenario. And I I love it. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, were you going to say something, Mike? I was going to bring up the, you know, you guys are talking about the trach scene, you know, the tracheotomy scene in, in this movie. Well, I, I it always reminds me of the one from Heat. Did you guys see the movie Heat? Oh, shit. That, that one was movie. so gross, but oh, you got to see that movie. It was an absolute ride. I love it. But that scene was so gross in that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you, you, need, you need to see Heat because um, um, you'll understand why, even though the dark Knight is an absolutely phenomenal movie, why so many people that like had watched heat recently went, didn't, did they just remake heat? <laughs> cause it, cause it's literally the same movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how Joker rips off a lot of movies, huh? Chris? Yes, well, no, no, that's, a, that's another podcast. Another podcast. No, yeah. no I mean that. Another that's, one. It, yeah. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I guess I I slightly prefer Lake Placid because um, Lake Placid knew it was trying to be tongue in cheek, whereas Anaconda did not. And Anaconda still like when I showed that movie to friends when we we're older, they were just laughing at half of it. They're like, oh, like, okay. yeah. Like, and then that to me is the big like if a movie no like like Snakes on a Plane, another great B movie, that movie knows what it is right from the get-go it knows it and rolls with it that is why it is so good a funny thing about snakes on a plane which is probably the last of the movies like this i was gonna say it was the tail end of that pretty that that, that made it to theaters my brother um who again you know i don't believe he gave snakes on a plane a good review but he loved watching it and he, he, him and me and my, my wife all saw the midnight. Like, it's like, if you're going to see the snakes on a plane, you're seeing oh, the midnight screening with the rest yeah. of the world. And mm-hmm. it was so much fun to see that with an audience that already was like, just like, we don't care how bad this is. We're 100% on board. And I got to give Samuel L. Jackson credit. And I wish more movies happened this way. Speaking <laughs> of a good segue into deep blue sea, when we get there, yeah. he actually, told them he would quit when they when when the movie got a large amount of um publicity they said well we're going to try to make it a PG13 and yep. we're going to change the title of it because we we think um you know we'd be taken more seriously and he goes I signed up for snakes on a plane you're making fucking snakes on a plane <laughs> he he signed he signed on just by rehearing that title yeah he just by that yeah he's like He's like, we're not making art here. I know this is going to be terrible. I signed on to be in a movie called Snakes in a Plane, and that's what we're you see, doing. And, and it's and I'd say it's not it's not terrible. No, it's not. It's just having it's not it, because it knows it knows what it's trying to be. You mm-hmm. want to show up and you want to see yeah. the snakes on a plane. That's what you showed up yeah. for. <laughs> one movie, one of my favorite bad movies of all time, Showgirls. Which, oh my god, I love oh, that. Oh, Showgirls. It, yes. I mean, it, it, it's. 
you can tell that movie is not trying to be a comet. It's not trying to be funny. And now, you know, you get these people who are like, oh, it, it's satire. Look at, you know, Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers is not fucking showgirls. But right. um, yeah, and yeah, but it, it, it's not like that movie is not trying to be funny. You can tell. I mean, no, Verhoeven Verhoeven thought he was making a piece of art. Right. And and like, I mean, basic instinct can be kind of cheesy today in parts, but that movie legit is serious and like menacing. Showgirls never feels that way. No, Showgirls is the it's it's just the big, corny, unintentionally corny mess. And it's wonderful for it. And then in the final act, there's like a brutal gang rape scene out of nowhere that just changes. Yeah, yeah. you kind of need to like you you need to inform people of that because <laughs> yes. because you know people go yeah no you showgirls is just a movie that awkwardly moves through sexual sequences for two hours and it's kind of funny and oh, you get and to that and they are and you get to that and you go sequences. you get to that and you go oh and why is this here. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is kind of like this is this isn't fun anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's people. I, it's funny that they cast so many pretty people that look like they've never actually had sex before in in, in that movie. Like, <laughs> and she and she was a former like a prostitute. It's like what the hell yeah. is going on here? This is so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah, we could do but, a whole episode about yes, that. But but, and I, somehow, but I digress. somehow how did this get made has not done an episode on Showgirls. They're I probably idea. they're probably terrified of doing it. Yeah. Showgirls and you know other movie they have never done an episode of North. Well, which yeah. th- that that movie is like art in terms of how bad it is. Oh, Roger, Roger I hate 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 this movie. Um <laughs> Yeah, zero, zero stars. Along with um, Wolf Creek, yeah, he gave zero stars. Which I that that movie like did not deserve that at all. No, Wolf Creek is a very well made. It's, it's a very well made, made, very hard to watch film. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he did the same thing for Kick Ass. He gave Kick Ass one star because he said, "As well made and as funny as it is, it's too mean spirited for me." And it's like, all right, yeah. I, I guess I can see that, dude, but. So 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 I digress. So so Lake Placid, have you have you um Mike, have you sorry, Anaconda, have you seen it? Um re- you watched did you watch it recently? You know, I didn't. Um you know, I have literally the everything package. I have everything that Comcast offers. I have I have Hulu, I have Amazon. It's not free on any of them. No, um, it is not. The only one that's free out of all three of these movies was fortunately Lake Placid, so I was able to to see that without you know. And, and I no. own all the other ones, but you know I'm old school, so I own them in VHS. <laughs> no, me too. I, I was just asking more of you. Said you know obviously, and I and I don't mean like obviously. You're informed by the people around you and the reaction people have. If if we if we pretend that mm-hmm. everybody needs to like movies the same way, there's no point in even having a discussion. But right. I I don't like outside of us having this podcast. You know, you, you don't have to go. Oh yeah, I like Anaconda. You know, you don't have to do. But you said that you know, had you seen it since then and kind of warmed up to it a bit, or is it just a movie that you never really got past that stigma of people said it wasn't good, so you just. Oh, I mean, I've seen it, you know, I've seen it multiple times as that, um, you know, it, it, it's not that it, it was a terrible move or anything. I, you know, I, again, I don't, I'm, I'm, I've lost any 
uh, liking I ever had for John Voight, you know, with his political leanings. Oh, he's a shitbag. So, <laughs> so that actually, to be honest, is probably one of the biggest things that turns me off from seeing anything he's in right there. But um, and then you know Owen Will, Will, uh, Owen Wilson, like you said earlier, you know I really don't like to see him in this type of movie. He's so much better, you know, in a comedy. And he is. Um, he he was kind of given nothing in this movie. I feel like. Yeah, that's exactly. why I said I had forgotten he was in it because he's he's a wet blanket in it. And usually exactly. Owen Wilson is the thing you remember from the movie Owen Wilson's in. You know, like it's. Right. Yeah. And then Eric Stoltz. Now, Eric Stoltz was a massive star in the 80s, and then in this movie, he had also a very little role. And, yeah. Uh, so that was another My mom that... always commented on that, how, like, little he had to do. He must have, like, been working on another project or something, and I'd, like, phone in. <laughs> hey, it's Eric Stoltz. Just yeah. being Eric Stoltz. I'll be over here. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So, but no, I definitely warmed up to it. I like it better than I used to. And, and again, I've, I've, I'm a huge uh, snake person anyway. So I like any movie with snakes in it. (laughs) Now, as I said at the beginning of this, and I'll say it again, I saw Lake Placid and Deep Blue Sea in the same evening. And it might have even been a triple feature that night. Do you guys remember? I'm going to look it up right now um, because I want to see The Haunting. I want to see if yes, the haunting. I, I uh, it, it was it was out around that time. Okay, so this was actually a triple feature. Oh, so okay. this summer, this summer, um, I had uh, I had broken my leg, mm-hmm. and um, missed out basically on my summer between freshman and sophomore year of high school, which was kind of a bummer. Um, so my mother took me to movies every week. And so we saw, you know, that was the year of the sixth sense and final destination. And, you know, there was mm-hmm. just all, and, um, pitch black, you know, we, we, we saw all these great things and pitch black is great. Final yeah. destination, I think actually came out the year after. Cause I saw okay. that in theaters. Yeah. I, 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 I went, I went and saw that with my mom too. So they all kind of mm-hmm. blend okay. together, but, yeah. um, but we definitely saw this as a triple feature and see, I was super jazzed about the haunting. Because I had watched the making of, and the haunting was actually Jan DeBont, who had done Twister and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the, the Speed. Jan DeBont yeah. was like the 90s, like, action movie king. So it's like, Jan DeBont is making a horror movie. This is going to be cool. And so we started the evening with the haunting and then saw Deep Blue Sea and then Lake Placid. And I got to say, I like the order that we saw them in because we were all so underwhelmed by how terrible the haunting was <laughs> that... um. <laughs> And, and it's a bummer because it's a beautiful movie. The set design is great. Oh, like, yeah. And, it, and they did nothing with any of it. It's just so goddamn bad. Although Owen Wilson does have a great death scene. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's just so bad. So then we get into Deep Blue Sea. Now, Deep Blue Sea um, is my favorite of these three films. And favorite does not mean I think it's the best. It is my favorite for a couple of things. Um, I love sharks. I Jaws is my favorite movie. Getting to see a full CG like shark insane fest um, was right up my alley in 1999. This is like the kind of horror movie I wanted to see. The fact that it was a hard R and like people's arms were getting bit off and people were getting chewed up and cut in half. And again, just like with Lake Placid, none of this stuff is scarring. 
you could show this to a 13 year old and it's just, you know, it's, it's about as violent as Jurassic park at that point. You know what I mean? The stakes are a little bit more nasty in this one. Well, Um, Samuel L. Jackson also does. (laughs) Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. The reason this movie takes the cake on all three of them is it had the gall to Mm -hmm. cast Samuel L. Jackson, who this was like at the height of his rise to badassery. Right. Mm-hmm. This was right there. I mean, the only thing that would be even more insane is if they cast him as Nick Fury and then did to him what they did in this movie. Like that, that would be the thing that would take the cake. But he has 45 minutes into the movie or 20, 30 minutes into the movie, the hero speech. Okay, shit's gone down. I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm the adult in the room. I've got the experience. I'm going to tell you this story about being trapped in a goddamn avalanche. And he's got this big hero speech. And then the fucking shark jumps out of the water and bites him in half. (laughs) And I lost my shit in the theater. And the fact that no one blew this for anyone was so cool. I'm like, holy shit, they killed Samuel L. Jackson. No one's (laughs) safe. And um, it, it's so cool that they did that. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, an executive decision where they just offed um, what's his head in the first 10 minutes of the movie, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. and it's just kind of like, wow. No, and, and I like it made the movie feel more visceral, like the character you're supposed right. to leave behind. Everyone's fucked now. They, they don't have it. Um, Deep Blue Sea was, was directed by Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan was the king again you talk steve minor being the king of 80s horror steve minor was like at the top of his game at this moment in time he was another director for hire he but rennie harlan did one of the nightmare on elm street movies he did the dream uh-huh. warrior uh dream master I sorry I he, he did one. he did um a highly highly underrated movie yep. from 2005 Mind Hunters. Yes, he you did. Heard of that, Chris? I was yes. going to mention that next. And so I love that movie. So underrated. Such an underrated film. And he brought us the incredibly tense, even though it was kind of cheesy, film Cliffhanger, which <laughs> is a beautifully filmed movie. Yeah. Um, it, it, it it's very tense and had a lot of cool effects. <laughs> and he did Die Hard too. So. Yeah. Rennie Harlan, and I think I think he might have made Running Man, but I, I didn't look far enough back to. And to he really did. Um, he did uh, the fa- the famous flop, uh, Cutthroat Island, which I actually like. As stupid as that is, Cutthroat yeah. Island is not good, but I like it. It felt just it, it felt very uninspired to me it from did. what I saw. It, yeah, it, it just me, I mean, it reminded me a lot of the Phantom, even though I love the Phantom. It was just kind of yeah. like they were just kind of like, yeah, we're making a movie. Let's let's have fun. Yeah. So God, deep or, it's so sad that Gina Davis, just her career never recovered from that. Yeah. Just how, how huge she was before that. Just yeah. a deep blue sea. You know, what's it about? Let's tell people. So the other two movies are about um, things in the wild. Like, you know, the, the Lake Placid crocodile was just big because it had no predators and Betty White was feeding it her cows. That's basically like what we get out of that movie. Anaconda, no explanation why the anacondas are so big. They just really seem to hate John Voight. And that's basically it. But this movie, it goes into the like sci-fi realm where no, it's a secret unspoken thing in the barge, basically with an underwater section in the middle of the ocean. And they're doing Alzheimer's research by making sharks smart. Sounds like a terrible idea. And that's what makes it a great movie. 
apparently the gist of making the sharks smart because these weren't um these weren't great whites they were like bull sharks right they were just like really or tiger sharks yeah. uh, but they the the thing like that i get out of it is okay so how are the sharks smart they can open doors and swim backwards no there's not much you can't you can't you shark you can't make their brain smart enough that they can learn to swim backwards. They can't do that. Like their bodies don't. But anyway, that's fine. It's yeah. still fine. But basically what they wanted to make was aliens because they end up <laughs> sinking the building so they can have sharks swim in corridors and attack LL Cool J in an oven and him having a whole bunch of Bible references and his parrot that he needed to save for some reason. Um, but uh, the, the movie is tense. It ends up being like a, you know, a, um, towering Inferno, or uh, you know, um, uh, what's that? Uh, that that Titanic ripoff with the flipped over ship, um, oh, Poseidon Adventure, Poseidon Adventure kind of thing. And it's like, all right, this is really cool. And there also happens to be sharks. Um, and, and I really liked that about it. It's it's just it's one of those movies that, again, Lake Placid, I think, takes the entertainment cake. But I think this movie, for an audience, when I was in the theater and Samuel L. Jackson dies. Which again, he dies in a pretty cartoonish looking way. The effects were not good in the way that he dies. But oh, the audience just reacted like no shit. And it really made the movie for me. And and the movie, again, it's it's your pretty standard people escape from a place and they get out and the movie ends. You know, yeah. kind of and and Sammy um Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to play LL Cool J's role originally. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. My head is like a shark's fin, man. <laughs> <laughs> and now you you know the story about the original ending of the movie no Did you know about that okay so um spoilers to anyone who's not seen deep lucy so the original ending um saffron burrows her character survived okay after doing what she did test audiences absolutely hated that they hated that she lived because they thought she was responsible for everything yeah. that happened. No, they 100%. hated that and demanded that she died. So they got everyone back together and shot for like one day to redo that ending. Wow, I didn't know. That's yeah. a bold move. That would have ruined the movie. I agree. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's... So what uh, What are your guys... Uh, Mike, What? what's your... Um... Uh, life with Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, no, I <clears throat> that was the movie I did see in the theater because I, I was you know, you know, a big fan of Jaws and sh- shark movies in general. So I did see that one. Um, yeah, it was <clears throat> you know I I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think it's better than part two or part three. But I don't know if you guys agree with that. But I thought I've part never one seen was seen part you know, two or three. I watched oh, sizzle yeah. reels from them, and they just look like Sharknado movies. So I'll definitely <laughs> watch them. But I do yeah. say the thing from number three, where the guy jumps off the ship to like basically like kill himself, and the shark jumps up out of the water and eats him in midair, was pretty friggin' funny. Yes, yes. No, but I, I, yeah, I, I love, I love the movie. Um, and I see it. Yeah, anytime, anytime I see it on TV, I, I, I watch it definitely. So good movie. I liked it. <clears throat> yeah, um, I agree. I did not see it in the theaters. I first saw. I think it was around the holiday season when my family was up and like we rented it and watched it and loved it. Um, yeah, it's it's just to me, it's yeah, it's a really fun like uh, uh, you know 
creature feature. And I think, I think Rod Dreber gave it three stars. I want to yeah. say, yeah. And you know, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I've always really liked it. Um, you know, great cast and yeah, I don't really have much else to say. It's, it's interesting that the shark film has stuck with theatrical release. Like, I'm really surprised that Deep Blue Sea 2, at least, didn't get a theatrical release because, like, all, you know, we had Anaconda Lake Placid, Deep Blue Sea, but then we had 48 Meters Down, we had The Shallows. The sequel to 48 Meters Down is actually uh-huh. not, not bad either. Again, no. they're, in the, they're in the same vein as this. They're not very realistic, and they're kind of no. silly, but I like them. And yeah. uh, then we had the Meg, which, you know, <laughs> I, it's interesting. I actually like the Meg, even though nothing happens in it and the thing isn't scary. Um, yeah. But, but I love Jason Statham in it. I think that's the biggest reason that movie works is because Jason Statham knows exactly what movie he's in and he yeah. just r- rides with it. But um, what I wanted to say was, what do you think would have happened if the Meg had been made by its original director choice? Do you know who was supposed to make the Meg? Oh my! I think I've I've heard of it. Eli Roth. Well, yeah, it would have been a lot gorier. Yeah, so Eli Roth went on like I mean, this wasn't like a director for hire thing. He went on like a year long sabbatical and like swam with sharks. Yeah, and, yeah like, take her out. You can take her out. Oh, sorry. That's fine. My roommates came home. No, it's like yeah. Eli Roth went on like a year sabbatical and like swam with sharks and like learned about <laughs> them and all this stuff to like make the Meg, and it's like. I want to know like what movie he thought he was going to make. Cause if it was the same script that ended up getting made by, you know, other director for hire guy that, um, you know, the guy that made the national treasure movies who again yeah. can make, can make a movie, but he, he made a, the Meg and it's just like, the movie's not bad, but what would Eli Roth's the Meg have been like? Holy shit. Oh yeah. No. Rated R definitely. And, um, <laughs> Oh Yeah. I, um, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Eli Roth. No, no, um, me, me either. Uh, you know, yeah. and I I used to really like him. I'm just curious to think about what he would have made. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that that uh, fell I mean, th- that fell through, and that's why he made the house with the clock in the walls, with Jack Black. Right. Oh wow. So that was like against anything he did. Um, I I saw Cabin Fever uh, in theaters with me my too. uncle. Me my too. uncle, I don't know how, like he, he's up and is like, you want to go see a movie? I'm like, okay, let's go. And he, um, he wanted to see cold Creek manor. So I think oh, we, kind of, we would have been screwed either way. Um, the check out if you have, if you've ever, if, if you've never seen the alternate ending to cold Creek manor, it's actually pretty good. The oh, alternate ending, it's on YouTube. Um, but anyways, and yeah, I remember he was just like about halfway through, had like his hand on his head. And he's like, I'm not going to lie to you, Stefan. This is awful. <laughs> you know, you want to see something really awful. See the remake of Cabin Fever that Roth I've produced heard. that Roth produced and was made with the same script. Who the I, hell even asked for that? No Who one did. I don't know what, why it happened, but I watched it and I went, I I need to go back and watch the original again right now. And I went and watched the original and I go, okay, it didn't age well, but these movies were literally shot with the same script. And the original is still a way better movie. I don't know how they could have shot the same script and made something so shitty. Like it doesn't make any sense. Cabin fever to me is an example of a movie. uh, 
a similar in the similar vein of like House of a Thousand Corpses, where yes. if it would have been a little funnier or a little scarier, it would have probably worked. But it was too stuck in the middle. It didn't know what it was trying to be. E- Eli Roth for sure has has the Rob Zombie problem. And this yeah. is not this is not to say that I discredit them as filmmakers, because yeah. I think it's just I think they're they're much more fans of the genre than they are mm. people that are trained to direct the genre. Yeah. And, and I like Devil's Rejects and Hostel. Yeah, I like both no, of those movies. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I think Hostel 2 is the is the home run of of Roth's entire career, but that's and my reason for that is cuz he cast people you liked. So when terrible things happened to them, it was awful and that made the horror uh. work. The worst was a uh, poor Heather Matarazzo. Oh, that's what I mean. I showed oh, that to my death. wife. I showed that to my wife because oh, I was like, yeah, "You want to see something terrible?" Oh. <laughs> and, like... and can I just say why why Heather Matarazzo never had a bigger career? She's fantastic. She was the, the Dollhouse movie was great at like fourteen lead role, and then she never like had another lead role after that. No, nope, like, she just got, she just gets stuck in a couple Disney movies, and then they killed her. Probably she wasn't like attractive enough, quote unquote, sadly. Uh, yeah, that's a very yeah. subjective thing because I actually kind of prefer the those girls to the girls they cast them next to. But that's a different yeah. story for a different day because I'm just weird, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but no. um, So, yeah. So Deep Blue Sea, you know, back to that. It, it's it's just it's a big, stupid how like I really would love to see them spend this because it made money. Like, you, you know, yeah. it's not like it, uh, all three of these movies actually made money. They were, oh, no, they, they were very successful financially. <clears throat> they, yeah. they wouldn't be now. That's the, that's the thing is it's, it, the problem is with now. Yeah. So deep blue sea, check this out. Only cost $60 million. Yep. Wow. Deep blue sea. I got to say, I, it feels like it cost way more than that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was nineteen ninety nine. If they got made, nineteen ninety nine. Remember, it was nineteen ninety nine where movies were cheaper. Yeah, but let me let me give you an example, right? Like, there are some Jim Carrey films made around that time that just because mm-hmm. of star power cost fifty or sixty million dollars. Right. Yeah. You know, and I I learned the other day, True Lies was the first movie to cost a hundred million dollars. And Ooh. all of that showed up on screen. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Cameron kept doing that. Cameron kept doing the, uh, yeah, I made the most expensive movie ever made again. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I'm right. I forgot he directed that movie. Yeah. yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the big, uh, the big movie news for me this week was with uh, Scream 5. Yay. Yes. That is, oh my, I mean, we knew she was going to come back, but that is such good news. I'm so, oh my God, I'm so excited for that. Mike, you heard this, right? I I haven't. So no, that's, that's good news. I'm glad that, uh, um, the, who's, who's coming back? No, yeah. Nev Campbell is coming back. Okay. From, yeah, yeah that's right. Now, yeah. now, Mike, have you, have you seen all of the screen movies? I don't remember. I know no, we've never I have watched. not. So I've seen the first one and then bits and pieces of the other one. So I need okay. to get caught up on those. I, yeah. I got to say, they're all actually good. They are. They are all even even the third one, which a lot of people, which I 
have a soft spot for the third one. I really like that movie. Um, even even that one is very good. The third Not one was you. the first screen movie I saw in theaters because I was too Same. young to see the first. Same two. here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, no, I, I Scream Four I think should have been such a bigger hit than it was. Yeah, Scream Scream Four like it. it so Mike hasn't seen it, so I won't fully blow. It, but but what okay. um what what Craven did with Scream Four is he made a scream, you know, like the original scream movie, the idea behind it is let's poke fun at the horror genre and kind of like a, make a meta horror movie. Scream uh-huh. four did let's scream four did. Let's do that. But poke on it reboots. And I thought oh, yeah. it was, yeah. it, it's, it's brilliant. Like, like Craven obviously was very angry at the reboots of his films that got made, mm. but did it in like a tongue in cheek way. So he, he wrote, Oh, what if someone was trying to reboot the killings of the first movie? And it's like, this is actually kind of clever. Like, I like this. Like, let's roll with it. And yeah, no, no one latched onto it. And it's, it's a bummer because it was really well done. I think so good. I think the big problem is that they left the, without blowing it, characters returning as a bit of a surprise and tried to build the movie alone on the new cast and the new cast were kind of a bunch of wet blankets. Um, you, you know what I, I mean? I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, Campbell Cox and Arquette are built first in that movie. No, so I, but I think I with the trailers, really agree with that. No, it was with the trailers. The trailers leaned heavily on the new kids like that were being tortured and like so to me and so so, and no and so to me it was like okay i'm getting the other characters back but is it going to be they're in the first five minutes and they kill them and then i'm stuck with these kids that i don't like but then the movie they made was actually a legitimate bona fide sequel to scream and so it's like oh wow this is awesome (laughs) you know yeah yeah i mean and the uh um yeah, I mean, no, it was still very much Sidney Prescott's movie. Yeah, and they did yeah. not. I don't. They didn't really advertise it that way. Is is I think the, what well, I, that was kind of that was kind of the twist because the uh, the final girl ended yep. up being the killer. Yep, exactly. You know, I think, which that that was I. I can honestly say that I never even considered her. No, not at all. I, I not at did. all. I never did. That would that was that was a huge twist. So Mike, um, so Mike, if you can't tell, I run another show called The Tangent, and so we get off on tangents is is what no, ends no, up happening. Cool. But as long as you're enjoying the discussion, I am. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, glad, great. Thank you. Yeah, we've never. Yeah, we've never done a a tangent episode because it's kind of turned into that. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, I just the, it's it's kind of why uh, it's what I like mm-hmm. to do. I I don't like to stay streamlined because it's boring. Um, right. what I was gonna say is I'd like to you know get go back through all three of us and get our final thoughts on all three of these only cause it's late for me. Sure, um, yeah. but I've had a blast talking to you guys. So I guess we'll start mm-hmm. with Mike. Yeah. I mean, I definitely plan on watching again. I didn't get to see the other two movies. I only got to see Lake class. I definitely plan on watching those as soon as I can, uh, you know, as soon as they're playing on TV again. And, uh, so looking forward to doing that just to kind of see how it, uh, feels to see them after, you know, kind of analyzing all the different uh, aspects of the movie and, just to see if that gives me a different perspective now. And, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I still, yeah, I hear what you're saying about uh, Deep Blue Sea being, you know, your favorite of three. I think I still lean in the direction of 
of Lake Placid still being my favorite, even after this long discussion, because I really, uh, I really just, I, I love Betty White. I love, I, lo- I liked all the characters in the movie. Um, I liked that it, there was that kind of lighthearted part of it. Um, it wasn't just, you know, scary, and and you know, there was just more to the movie. So, but no, I, I Deep Blue Sea is definitely my second. I, I, I'll have to see Anaconda. But for right now, it's still my third, uh, third place out of the three. <laughs> so, cool. No, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that was that's my my take. For me, I mean, I think all three are great. I think they hold up very well, even today. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, Lake Plast is probably my my favorite by a little bit, by just a hair, and. Uh, Deep Blue Sea is probably the most like competently made yes. of them. I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the most high concept, too. Mm-hmm. Let's say, of all three, but yeah. I think they they all really, um, they all really hold up, and they're a lot of fun. I highly recommend them. Yeah, and I, I feel the exact same way. I, I think this would make a perfect triple feature, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially if you, you know, we're doing a watch party, you know, over the net with some friends, you get some popcorn, you throw a few beers or what your, whatever your um, alteration substance of choice is and, you know, en- enjoy a good film with your friends and uh, or good couple films because these are a blast. These would also be a fun one to like record a live commentary through because I bet you could have a lot of fun just laughing and poking fun at silly things. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if Rift Tracks or any of them have done either of these three movies, but I bet you they'd have a blast with them. For sure. Yes. Um, yeah, so guys, it is it has been a blast. Mike, welcome to the fray. I you're welcome to come back anytime. I had a blast chatting with you. Stefan yeah, is always yeah, is always like you said, that it's just good it's good it's good for the brain to talk to like minded people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, th- thank That's both of you. Thank both of you for shooting the shit with Chippa and thank those of you who are listening for listening and we will talk to you all soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.